So Joe Biden's big international trip has been one disaster after the next, one great big embarrassment, just like when he travels here at home in America, whether it's walking across the lawn or up and down Air Force One's ramp. Problems, 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 problems. Let's go to the uh, Palestinian Authority. I have a feeling they did this on purpose. I usually stand, we all stand for the national anthem. They were playing with us. Listen to what the official band did. It's like the little rascals were playing that song. Can I see that band again, please? They got pretty nice uniforms. I mean, they really should have their act together here. Uh, I think they may have screwed this up on purpose. I actually do. It might have been some diss. Anyway, if I were Joe Biden, I would have had a word with the band leader or the president or somebody. But I don't think he even noticed. He's that tone deaf. We know that, don't we? All right. Next, it was off to Saudi Arabia. You know about this guy, Mohammed bin Salam? He's the crown prince, and uh, he's a crafty guy, probably a bad dude. Looks like he had that guy Khashoggi killed a few years ago, the Washington Post journalist. Yeah, he had him uh, dismembered. Now, that seems to have been on Khashoggi's orders. So during the campaign, everybody was competing to be the toughest on MBS. Take a look. President Trump has not punished senior Saudi leaders. Would you? Yes. I would make it very clear. We were not going to, in fact, sell more weapons to them. We were going to, in fact, make them pay the price and make them, in fact, the pariah that they are. There's very little social redeeming value of the, in the present uh, government in Saudi Arabia. Make them a pariah. That would seem to uh, entail... Maybe not hanging out with him, not giving them a fist bump. Joe Biden shows up there in Saudi Arabia and take a look when they say hello. Fist bump time. Yeah, there he is. The crown prince, the one who ordered that journalist killed. Now a fist bump, a fist bump. That's that's even chummier than a handshake. It really is. That's like, yo, we're bros. You know who uh, first introduced it to America really in a big way? The Obamas. Barack and Michelle. This was so cute, wasn't it? And this was like a signature greeting in the Obama White House. Actually, look at this. This showed us that Joe was really considered cool by Barack Obama. Not really. You know who had a really sophisticated and realistic view and understanding of the world? Our guy. You get a lot of killers. Why, you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent? I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in America. Well, take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes. Very realistic and sobering. Um, so when he did not come out right away and clobber Saudi Arabia when this guy Khashoggi was killed a couple of years ago, everyone went nuts because it's Trump. Trump refused to criticize Saudi Arabia over Khashoggi's disappearance and probable murder. What that points to is this shameful 
uh, mishandling of our relationship with Saudi Arabia by the Trump administration. I think it is outrageous that President Trump continues to defend Saudi Arabia. This was a murder of a journalist inside a Saudi embassy by a hit team sent from Saudi Arabia. Wow, wow, really bad stuff. And when Joe Biden shows up to see the guy who sent the hit team, it's a fist bump. You see, everything that Trump did was bad. Everything that Joe does, the media tries to, well, cover for him. Every now and then they call him out. His reaction is always weird. You're coming under a lot of fire for your fist bump with the crown prince. Why? <laughs> I just wanted to give you a chance to respond to that. But also, how can you be sure that another incident, another murder like Jamal Khashoggi's won't happen again? God love you. What a silly question. How could I possibly be sure of any of that? I just made it clear. If anything occurs like that again, they'll get that response and much more. Well, what response is that? A, a, a double fist bump? Uh, he's all over the place and laughing. It's a legitimate question. The fist bump was very, very friendly, like they're bros. All right. Then he gets impatient. Then he starts throwing his, uh, he turns the volume up. I am president of the United States of America. For the United States president to remain silent on a clear violation of human rights is totally inconsistent with who we are, what we are, and what we would do, what we believe. And so I'm not going to remain silent. I don't know why you're all so surprised the way I react. No one's ever wondered I mean what I say. The question is I sometimes say all that I mean. Yeah, people are always actually confused by what you say. What are you talking about? And I'm no diplomat, but fist bumping a guy like uh, MBS is very, very confusing to the world. What the hell do we stand for if you're being so friendly with this guy? Here's the key. Joe Biden doesn't know what he's doing. He is an empty suit. You know that term? I love it. It applies to nine out of 10 politicians, especially Joe Biden. I'll get back to him. An empty suit, by definition, is a prominent person regarded as lacking substance or ability. Sounds like so many people we know. Let's start with Pete Buttigieg, empty suit number one. Okay, a couple things about Mayor Pete. He has that job as Secretary of Transportation, again, for one reason. He is gay. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a damn. But the political press, boy, oh boy, oh boy, when he was running for president, normally they would laugh at the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, running for president. But he had a secret weapon. His sexuality, again, is his business. But the political press feasted on it. Okay, you're gay. What else? Nothing. He is in way over his head. There's some Republican empty suits too. Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy, definitely an empty suit. I think he's there just for the game of politics. And remember, at the moment of truth, he, um, he panicked. He panicked after January 6th and actually said that Donald Trump should resign. Now, this is one personal fear I have. Um, I do not want to get into any conversations about Pence partying. Like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass, and it would be my recommendation we should resign. Resign to the president. The president should resign. This guy should not be speaker. All right, we'll see what happens. Uh, President Obama, oh yes, an empty suit extraordinaire. 
Remember, he wrote that crummy book, spent two minutes in the Senate, and then runs for president. He got away with a lot because he's black, and for whatever reason, people were impressed by him. I don't get it. And when he got in there, he was playing the race card all the time. You know, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon. Thanks a lot. What an unhealthy, unhelpful message. So divisive, did nothing for America, did a lot for himself and his family. He is now said to be a billionaire, a billionaire. Here's an up-and-coming empty suit. His name is Eric Swalwell. Lots of things about this guy we don't like, but I think this was the ultimate in hubris and uh, shallowness. Thinking that he had the stature to run for president when he was like 37 years old, taking that debate stage saying, I should be the next president of the United States. He did that. He ran for president, and uh, yeah, there's nothing there. Nothing there. Uh, All right, next on our list, ooh, Beto, Beto O'Rourke. Yes, empty suit, nothing, nothing in there. You know this guy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. The good news is it looks like he's going to lose that race for Texas governor. Then he'll have lost three races in a row. And then I think it's bye-bye forever, Beto. Okay, next on our list, ooh, Michelle Obama, very much like her husband, didn't do much but get lucky break after lucky break. She thinks she's all that, gets $60 million for a silly book and a movie. This is how bad she is. You're about to see an actual scene from a documentary. She produced it herself. She authorized this. This is a scene from a movie that she got $30 million for. $30 million for the movie. Take a look at how bad this is. Oh, I thought you were wearing the pink, John. No, that was for earlier. And then that had food on it. That was for the day. That looks like two belts. It's one belt, but it's three separate. Oh, it's got a top belt, too. Oh, I see. I see. But it's not separated? No, it's one belt, but you've got three different times. And is that the style? And it goes on like this. <laughs> two, two hours of her trying on clothes. And she's a multi-million dollar filmmaker now. Uh, Next on our list, Eric Adams. Mayor Eric Adams. This guy knows nothing. It shows every single day. Some people were fooled by the act. He's a former cop and uh, a hero. Just ask him. For 22 years, I wore a bulletproof vest and stood on the street corners and protected children and families in the city of New York. He protected children and families. What about single people, by the way? What about elderly single people? What about the homeless? There's nothing up here, and I don't think there's anything in his heart. He has no integrity, no ability. He's a liar and a racist, but he does look good in a suit. That's his uh, forte. Next on our list, John Kerry. A man of my position should not be held accountable for what he says. I fight climate change all over the world in gas guzzling, Private jets. Yes, he has an addiction for flying private. And if you call him on it, you see just how arrogant he really is. I understand that you came here with a private jet. Uh, Is that an environmental way to travel? If you offset your carbon 
it's the only choice for somebody like me who is traveling the world to win this battle. The time it takes me to get somewhere. I can't sail across the ocean. I have to fly to meet with people and get things done. But what I'm doing, almost full time, is working to win the battle of climate change. Yes, John Kerry, he has a reputation of a guy who gets things done, doesn't he? No, no, not at all. Next, uh, getting down to the uh, wire here, we've got Gavin Newsom. He's going to be around, uh, unfortunately, for a long time. This could be the Democrat nominee in 2024. He's shallow enough. He's vain enough. He's leftist enough. He's got it all going on for that party and totally bereft of accomplishments, but plenty of hubris. I urge all of you living in Florida to join the fight or join us in California, where we still believe in freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to choose, freedom from hate, and the freedom to love. Don't let them take your freedom. Never this guy, huh? Have you seen California lately? We know what's going on there, and we know what's going on in Florida. I fell for the trap, though. He doesn't really think people are going to move to California. He just wants people talking about him. We might as well, because he is going to emerge as a major player in 2024. The vetting begins now. Next week, we'll talk all about his dating life back when he was mayor of San Francisco. All right, finally, Joe Biden. Okay, empty suit, synonymous with the term empty suit. Absolutely. And he knows it, actually. Uh, Why else would he lie all the time about his credentials, about, well, everything? What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably Reagan. have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Everything he just said, everything he just said is not true. And take a look at that face, will you? Smug, full of himself. He has lied and he is happy. Empty suit and maybe a little bit psychopathic as well. Um, Ben Franklin, the late, great Ben Franklin, he said something so, he said a lot of things that are great, but this is really great. Well done is better than well said. There isn't a politician, hardly any politicians in America who can relate to this. There is one man, however, who definitely can, our guy, Donald Trump. You know, let's face it, when it comes to talking, he's not necessarily the most polished guy in the world, um, but he is effective. He's effective, and he can get stuff done. He's been doing it all of his life. Uh, We told you about Trump Tower last night. Nobody talks about this. A major hotel on 42nd Street here in Manhattan. It was a dilapidated, crummy place. He renovated it, a massive renovation when he was just 28 years old. It was a miracle that he could pull this thing off. People who get it done, not just say stuff. That's why we like Trump, right? Okay. Stay with us. Ooh, these aren't empty suits. They're empty skirts. Uh, Let's see. Sam Britton and Rachel Levine. They're both senior administration officials. 
They're bold. Well, they were originally men. Now they're who knows what. Stay with us. Okay, so Kamala Harris lost yet more staff members today. Two quit in one day. Why wouldn't they want to work for such a lovely person? Well, let's get so I, but, no, but Susan, I, this is important. Susan, I, and I, I, I want to add, if, Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. I have to I'm speaking. In. Do you think Joe Manchin and, is and a problem? It's Joe, and, it's Joe, and it's Joe Biden. And I'm Vice President. And my name is Kamala Harris. So that's where the federal government must step now, in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act and the Okay, so uh, she's either really mean or uh, laughing hysterically. Anyway, apparently it's just too much for her staff to handle. Two more people quit. Let's put them up on the screen. Number one, let's see. This person, uh, her domestic policy advisor, set to leave in August, worked with Kamala Harris for six years. Someone else is leaving, this woman, Megan Groob. She just got there four months ago. She has had enough. She's quitting. So let's put them on the roster of those who have left Kamala Harris's sinking ship. Uh, the vice president's office is fairly small. This has got to be like half of it or something. Very, very strange. Although, hate to say it, there's a very good chance she's going to be president maybe next year when Joe Biden resigns. That's my prediction. Not my hope, but my prediction. Jordan Peterson. Do you know this guy? Professor out of Canada. He is amazing. They tried to force him to speak a certain way, to use those uh, uh, preferred pronouns for transitioning or transgender people. You know, it's one thing to use it voluntarily, but the state in Canada was trying to force him to do it. He said no. And then we saw just how smart this guy is and with so much to say. Take a look. If we're bandying back and forth uh, our, our differences in values, you know, um, I, I would say that the highest possible value is truth and that the, one of the concomitants is that is that is that we need stringent protection for freedom of speech so that we can utter the truths that we see fit. And I think that that's a, a value that's much higher than than kindness, for example. Yeah, kindness is great. But if you want to be comfortable, you know, I'm uncomfortable with that. Somebody made me feel uncomfortable. Stay in bed. This guy is fantastic. Jordan Peterson, some amazing videos online you can find quite easily or read his book, 12 Rules for Life. My favorite rule is rule number four. Don't compare yourself to anyone else. Only compare yourself to who you were yesterday. This is a really great tip. If you want to be better at something, like for me, a couple of years ago, I started running. I could only one run one mile. It took me about 10 minutes. In eight months, I was doing three seven-minute miles. Um, the first day, I only compared myself to myself, just a little bit better each day. Today, I'm up to an 11-minute mile, but I will be back. Uh, and this helps, by the way, because so many of us, we compare ourselves to the people we see on our phone or on television or, you know, playing football or whatever. Forget about all that nonsense. Compare yourself to who you were yesterday. I love it. Got to work to improve, though, every single day. Hey, this is uh, this doesn't happen every day. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said some stuff that I actually agree with. Now, she frames it in a way that is 
offensive somewhat, but she's talking about January 6th. And she may come to a conclusion that I don't totally agree with, but she raises some interesting points here. And I think she's on solid ground. Take a look. Really just can't help but think about all of that footage and evidence that we saw the day of, of all these Capitol Police officers helping and being sympathetic to the insurrectionists on January 6th. And everyone just decided it was too politically difficult to deal with. So they all just brushed it under the rug. And to this day, there has never been an investigation into that. Never. So as a result, we have no idea which officers are safe to be around. We have no idea if if any of those officers and the ones holding massive weapons were were with were with that crowd or if they weren't. And but if you raise questions about that or if you don't feel safe, it's construed as you attacking the entire institution of public safety. Riddle me that. Riddle me that. And we saw a lot of that show up, not just in our politics now, but even the State of the Union, because now both parties are in a contest of how much money they can shovel in this system without critically holding any of it accountable. It is dangerous. Okay, there's a lot of truth there, actually. Uh, I don't call them insurrectionists, of course. And actually, I don't think that they were in cahoots with the people coming in, but they may have been ordered to let people in. Now, we saw that. The little cop, I call this person the little cop, aggressively waving people on to Capitol Hill. Who is this person? And they're not asking. And AOC is right. If you ask that question, you get attacked as not supporting law enforcement, which is ludicrous, by the way. The left and even some on the right come at me. How can you not support the cops? It's not about that. We believe in law and order, but we want to know who is that cop and why? Why did this happen? Also, the cops on either side of the hallway, look at them just standing there as these folks come in. Who told them to stand down? Was it somebody on Nancy Pelosi's staff? Was it Nancy Pelosi? I'd like to know. Wouldn't you? How can they leave this unanswered? And of course, the cops who walked off the job, essentially, at the moment of truth. All hell's about to break loose, and they decide to take a coffee break. There they go. Oh, we got to go over here. These guys start pounding away. And in about 10 seconds, Officer Berg takes out his gun and shoots and kills Ashley Babbitt. We need the answers to these questions. And AOC is not wrong when she says it may be unsafe to be around these people. Like Michael Berg with that gun. Has he been retrained? Has he been counseled? No, he hasn't. And they treat these uh, security guards, and that's what they are essentially on Capitol Hill, sorry, security guards, uh, with this reverence that they don't deserve. That department needs to be disbanded. The whole operation should be taken over by the federal marshals, the U.S. marshals. Okay. Now, moving on to these two characters, and they are characters. I think it's all about, uh, you know, look at us, shock value. That's Rachel Levine on the left. And... uh, Sam Brinton on the right, senior official with the Department of Energy, Sam Brinton, and uh, the other ones from Health and Human Services, right? Uh, They're only there because they are 
transgender or transitioning or whatever it is. That's why they were picked, all right? Not for their expertise, not for their background. It was just for the optics, and they love showing off what they look like. They're really into it, uh, Instagram and all that nonsense. Let's take a look at the people who had the job beforehand. They had the genuine expertise, but they didn't make spectacles out of themselves, and I think that's, I think that's preferred. Admiral Brett Jouar, remember him during COVID? He was fantastic. And uh, this guy, I don't remember. <laughs> this is the one who has the job now. Uh, this individual, William J. Boyle. I, 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 I'm sorry. I don't mean to be prejudiced, but I like him better. I just, I think there's less drama with William J. Boyle. He's the guy I would hire. Fair enough. I think that's fair. Hey, coming up, Ivana Trump. Her death was ruled an accident. She fell down the stairs. Something very interesting about her, Donald Trump's other wife, and also Republicans in general when it comes to people from foreign places. Stay with us. You're on the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. All I can can say say is that that the fake fake news just just doesn't get it, do they? And you know what they love to do? They love to say Republicans are xenophobic, right? That they have a fear of foreigners. That's not true. But boy, oh boy, if they say it enough, maybe they think they'll convince somebody. The Republicans will never fail to have their uh, xenophobic uh, motions to recommit. I'm left to wonder if the silence of many Republicans in the wake of President Trump's xenophobic tweets is out of embarrassment or agreement. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. First, let me say, if you're an American and you're not repulsed by the racism, the xenophobia, the the entire, and we're going to get into some of these Republican ads, that it is Mexican versus white, it is black versus white, it is Muslim versus white, you don't understand what this country is built on. Ah, shut up, all of you, really. And Lindsey Graham, yeah, that was Lindsey Graham back in, what, 2015, 2016? Listen to what he said about Trump. Uh, It's not true, of course. Uh, Those who lean right, who are conservative, we are into ideas, not what people look like and not where they came from, ideas, okay? Myra Flores, the newest member of Congress, a native of Mexico. She was born in Mexico, came to this country legally with her family, And I think it's absolutely awesome that she was elected to the U.S. Congress. And you know who else thinks it's awesome? Well, her new Republican colleagues. Look at what happened as she was sworn in just the other day. Congratulations. You are now a member of the Without objection, the gentleman from Texas is recognized for one minute. Myra will be the first Mexican-born woman to serve in this House and the first Hispanic Republican woman to serve in our Texas delegation. And that's one of the reasons why we like this superstar. We love the story. The xenophobia my foot. And when it comes to Donald Trump, He is the least xenophobic person there is. 
Melania Trump, I'm sorry, uh, Ivana Trump. We lost her. She fell down the steps, 73, an accident. But she was born in what they used to call Czechoslovakia. I was uh, raised, born and raised in Czechoslovakia. And, and I did want to point it out that, that if you live in America, if you live here, uh, and the people leave Czechoslovakia 25 years old, they have a handicap on 25 years because they have to start from scratch. They have to work harder. And that's what, what immigrants, you know, really stand for. And, and, uh, and uh, uh, we work hard and we achieve, and I have achieved. Beautiful. Would a xenophobe marry a person who was born in a foreign country? Donald Trump also married Melania, a native of Slovenia. Slovenia, a small, beautiful, and then communist country in Central Europe. My sister Ines, who is an incredible woman and a friend, and I were raised by my wonderful parents. You get it? You get it? (laughs) Xenophobes don't embrace people from foreign countries. That's what a xenophobe is. It's just one of the many, many lies told about Trump, told about conservatives. It's not true. Of course, it is the fake news. We'll be right back. It's the woke movement. Our country is bad. Our values are evil. Our history is deplorable. They want to destroy traditional America. Find out who's behind this movement in Woke America on Newsmax. So this is Christian Bruckner, and uh, for a long time he's done contracting work, a lot of contracts with the government. He's very good at what he does. However, you may notice that, well, he's a man, he's a he, and he also happens to be white. And these days, uh, by law, that's considered a detriment almost. Take a look at this. Uh, According to the infrastructure bill, 10% of the amounts made available for any program shall be expended through small business concerns owned and controlled by socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. Okay, how do they define that? Socially or economically disadvantaged includes black or African-American, Hispanic or Latino, American Indian, Asian, uh, Native Hawaiian, etc., etc., etc. Oh, by the way, women shall be presumed to be socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. I wonder how women feel about that. I'd like to bring in Rick uh, Eisenberg, Essenberg, excuse me, Rick Essenberg. He is the president and general counsel at the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty. He is the attorney for Christian Bruckner. They are suing the Biden administration over gender and race quotas. Sir, welcome to Newsmax. How are you, first of all? I am fine. How are you doing? Terrific. And uh, it is kind of wild to see that in black and white. It does seem discriminatory on its face, doesn't it? Well, it's a quota. It's a racial quota. And the problem is not whether 10 percent of the jobs go to this racial group or that racial group. Um, You know, if racial minority owned businesses uh, qualify for 100 percent of the jobs, they should get 100 percent of the jobs. But what we shouldn't do is decide going in that people are going to be treated differently based upon the color of their skin. They should be treated on the basis of their merits. And what uh, the Biden administration is telling Mr. Bruckner here is that you are going to be excluded from uh, the ability to compete for uh, for some of these funds. And that simply isn't permitted by our Constitution. Our Constitution is race neutral. 
Uh, by the way, I just should point out the breaking news that Dick Morris's new book says the return, the return that Donald Trump is running in 2024. OK, uh, it's in the book. Um, sir, I want to go back to the 10 percent that's in the infrastructure bill. It says 10 percent of the amounts made available for any program. If we can put that up on the screen and you mentioned it, 10 percent shall be expended through small business concerns, blah, 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 blah. Um, that, does that mean 90%? I mean, should we take solace in that? I understand quotas. We don't like quotas. But does that give room for a guy like Christian Bruckner, you know, room to be successful here? Well, it, it means that he can compete for some of the jobs, but he's placed at a disadvantage because this is a floor. It's not a ceiling. Uh, if you're a minority business, you can compete freely for any of the funds that are out there. If you are a business that is not owned by uh, a group that is uh, privileged under this law, you can only compete for some of the funds. And the problem here is not who gets what. Uh, as I said before, if, if you know, it turns out that uh, 60% of the grant proposals uh, are submitted by minority businesses and they are the best qualified for that, well, then that's fine. They should get it. The problem here is treating people differently based upon the color of their skin. And it is not an excuse to say that we're only doing it with respect to 10 percent of the money, which incidentally, uh, you know, amounts to billions of dollars. Right, right, right. Hey, by the way, women <laughs> are women uh, seeking you out. I like to put how they are officially defined in this language in government. Women shall be presumed to be socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. I find this uh, discriminatory. I, th I find this bigot bigoted. It's bigoted against women. This is kind of laughable stuff in a way, isn't it? Well, I don't know about you, but, um, but, but, but I'm married, and uh, I got a sister, and I had a mother, and I don't think any of them considered themselves to be disadvantaged and, uh, and I think would have, been bridled at, uh, would have bridled at the suggestion. All right. Hey, I want to just put Mr. Bruckner up. I want you to do me a favor. Wish him well here. Christian Bruckner, he he's uh, he's waging this lawsuit. I have that he's the owner of Project Management Corporation. Uh, tell me what kind of work that entails uh, with the government. What kind of stuff is he seeking and what has he been getting? Sir? Well, this is um, um, uh, surface uh, surfacing transportation. So uh, uh, so this is uh, uh, you know, doing uh, the, the surfacing and the work that is done on uh, highways. Um, it's heavy work. Um, it's difficult work. Um, it's important work uh, for any of us who have you know, driven the roads. Uh, roads are a lot better in Florida than they are up in Wisconsin where we are. And uh, it's very, very important that we pick the absolute best people, um, regardless of their gender or race. Absolutely. Rick, Essenberg, we appreciate it. Good luck to your client. Good luck to you and keep in touch. OK, take care. Thank you. You bet. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night, and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. 
My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products. Supreme Court justices remain under fire within danger and serious danger. They're being harassed at their homes and when they go out. It's absolutely crazy and it's absolutely illegal. We'd like to bring in once again Mark Paoletta, former general counsel at the Office of Management and Budget under President Trump and also the author of, uh, co-editor of Created Equal, Clarence Thomas in his own words, Mark, welcome back. I know we've covered this before, but I just want to reiterate for everybody, those protests, these protests are illegal, correct? Correct. 18 U.S.C. 1507 and 1503 makes it a a crime to go to a justice's home or any judge's home uh, and protest to threaten and and to intimidate them. So it's absolutely black letter law. It's outrageous that Merrick Garland is not enforcing the law. And it's outrageous that some of these local officials in Maryland and Virginia, where there are similar laws, are not enforcing it. It's absolutely despicable. By the way, could they be violating the law by not enforcing the law? (laughs) It would seem like that's got to be against the law. Well, uh, yeah, uh, I think it may be impeachment uh, of not doing your job and looking at uh, impeachment and removing those officials that are not doing their job. So it's getting even more uh, crazy, crazier. There is a Harvard Law instructor. I'm not quite sure if she's a full professor, but let's go ahead and put this uh, plea that she uh, posted on Twitter. The six justices who overturned Roe should never know peace again. It is our civic duty to accost them every time they are in public. They are pariahs. Since women don't have their rights, these justices should never have a peaceful moment in public again. Um, That seems um, unethical, possibly illegal. I wonder if a cost, number one, your overall reaction. Crazy, despicable, uh, unlawful. Um, it's it's it really just exposes, as, as I've talked about before, just the left's disregard for the rule of law. Right. Th- this is the Supreme Court issuing opinions uh, like they've done for many, many years. And the left is the one that wants to attack justices, send assassins to kill justices because they're unhappy with wh- the way the court is ruling. Um, if I can go back to her tweet, she uses words like a cost. A cost, possibly, I think that might be a violation. That sounds to me like you can't do that. You can't accost somebody. That's chargeable. Is that a crime to accost somebody that has different connotations? But yeah, you know, just before I looked up that term and it's it's sort of get aggressively, get in somebody's face aggressively, I think. So whether it's kind of physical assault or not, it's just not, you know, it's not right, right? It's going to lead to violence. That's what's the problem is that they're, it's just like the Maxine Waters thing, right? When you see a Trump official get in their face, that's just obviously uncivil, but it's also dangerous. And this is what the left is doing. And they, and, and it's not being called out by the mainstream media, by the corporate press. And, um, 
And I'm, I'm glad you're covering it today, Greg, because it's just terrible conduct. I have to wonder that they're not enforcing this law. And I do wonder if they perhaps want something bad to happen to these justices. They want something bad because if, if one were to be killed, God forbid, um, they would be able to replace that justice. They have the Senate. They have the presidency with a liberal. And I think that's what they want. I hate to think that they actually, but what else am I supposed to, uh, help me out here. I mean, could it be yeah, that I, look, dark? It's, 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 look, that kind of conduct could lead to that kind of action. And that's what's terrible. And, and as we've talked about before, it goes all the way back to, at least in my mind, Chuck Schumer standing on the steps of the Supreme Court, literally threatening Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, right? You won't know what hit you, he said. So we all have to keep in mind that this came from the top Senate Democrat um, who said those words in 2020. And so it's continued on. It's gotten worse. It's unprecedented. Uh, you see these professors, uh, you know, if a conservative professor said anything like that, they'd be fired instantly, right? This person, I don't think anything's happened to this person. Uh, they're cheered uh, by the left, by Twitter. Uh, Ruth sent us, right, has been posting uh, addresses of of, of, uh, of the justices. There's been all of these um, protests that, again, I think are illegal. Um, now they've just recently suspended them. But, you know, um, it took two months, way too long. It should have been the first day. Uh, but but that's what's tolerated because it's the left going after conservative justices. Well, Professor um, Carabella, I couldn't leave it like that. I sent her an email, actually. I sent, I found her email address and I said, uh, I was very nice about it, quite frankly. I just said, please tell your students to only engage in lawful protests. And if they're unhappy, they can vote. And I wished her a good day. I thought I deserved a response. So then I called, <laughs> I called her office. Uh, uh, this is, uh, I, I didn't have much luck, but what the hell? Take a look. For calling Harvard Kennedy School Directory Assistance. For your convenience, the Harvard Directory is available online at directory.harvard.edu. For faculty and staff listings, press 1. Wait while I transfer your call. Sorry, this number did not answer. Thank you for calling Harvard Kennedy School Directory Assistance. For faculty and staff listings, press 1. Wait while I transfer your call. Sorry, this number did not answer. Thank you for calling Harvard Kennedy School. It didn't work. I, didn't I don't think I wasn't the only patriot calling in. I wasn't going to leave a prank phone call. I was going to try to have a conversation, which I think we should have more of these days. But perhaps there's no talking to somebody like that. Very quickly, sir. How is Clarence Thomas holding up? People are making fun of him, saying awful things. Something tells me it doesn't get him down, does it? Doesn't get him down at all. That's the greatest term we've had in, in my lifetime, certainly. And I expect even better terms in the in the future. And he's the leader of the Supreme Court. Fabulous. Check out the book right behind Mark there, Created Equal, Clarence Thomas, in his own words. Thank you, Mark. May the justices, all justices, all nine of them, remain safe and sound. Thank you, sir. And we'll be right back. It's our America. We built it. Courage. Freedom. Millions go to Newsmax when they need to know. Start today on the free Newsmax app. Newsmax is real news for real people. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Newsmax. And we'll see you next week. All the best.